And welcome to another edition of The War Room here on KOKC Radio. I'm your host, Sean Fry. We're recording this show on December 20th, and this show will come out on December 27th. Uh, so if the if World War III is broken out, we, I apologize in advance for that. My guest this week is none other than LeBet Community College women's basketball coach, Mitch Rolls. Mitch, welcome back to the program. How are we doing today? Oh, doing great. Appreciate you having me again. You're a mainstay here, and you're always a bailout option for me, and I appreciate you coming on. You coach one of the best college basketball teams in the country, and I get any and anytime I call you and say, hey, can you come be on my radio show, you do it without thinking. So I, I'm very appreciative of that. Uh, you'll be my guest while I enjoy some Hawaii weather, so uh, <laughs> really just going to rub it in right now. I appreciate that. Uh, I'll, say, I'll be stuck here in this cold weather. So <laughs> you, you enjoy it. Uh, so let's talk about, let, let's just jump right into how your season's gone. Uh, you have played 10 games so far. You're eight and two through those 10 games, uh, pulling up the rankings right now. I know you were in the top five all year right now. You're ranked number three, uh, in the country. Uh, and it's uh, ironically, um, number two is Johnson County, a team in your conference. And then number one is Kirkwood. Uh, I'm curious, you know, your two losses are to two ranked division one teams. You have a couple wins over some other Division ones. Uh, you have a win over a ranked Iowa Western team that came down to your house to play you. I'm curious where you feel like the season is right now. I feel like we're in a good spot. Um, you know, I, I think myself and the girls feel like we, we haven't played our best basketball yet. Um, you know, and I think we, we kind of had that conversation right before they left. You know, uh, they feel like as though they could have played a lot better. Um, obviously, we got lucky and, you know, we're eight and two. Um, but, you know, they feel like even those two losses, um, we should have given ourselves a better chance to win. Um, you know, and we watched film on both those games. And I think that just kind of was the general consensus that, uh, you know, we've played well, well enough to win games. Um, but, you know, even even the the win at State Fair, you know, up by mm -hmm. 20, let them come back, only win by five or six, I believe. Um, you know, we're just not playing our best basketball yet. So it's, it's something good for the girls to go home and think about reset you know kind of hang out with their families you know recharge their their batteries and and have a goal for second semester that, that was something i wanted to talk to you a little bit about is just talk talk a little shop about basketball and about winter break and to me sending kids sending kids some i know for a juco coach and a junior college coach in particular uh one of the biggest it, it is one of the biggest fears when you send those kids home for winter break because you just start thinking who's not coming back <laughs> and uh I, i'm curious but the other thing, too, is, man, some of those, you know, and it's no knock to some of these college athletes. I, I get the desire to stay home and enjoy some uh, TLC, but, man, some of those kids get out of shape so quick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't – so when I was at K-State, do you remember Marcus Foster, the the guard who played there, he transferred to Creighton? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how one guy puts on 30 pounds in three days. <laughs> but that is what that kid would do, man. Like, oh he would get so out of shape and so heavy so fast. We would have to hold separate workouts just for him. Oh, we would have to hold a conditioning session. We, it was a Marcus Foster post-holiday conditioning sessions. Like, uh, I hope he's not listening. <laughs> I don't care, man. That <laughs> dude was. I, I just, it's so. So tell me about what you kind of maybe expect out of this group. How how are they? How do you expect them to handle the holidays? Well, we you know we kind of addressed that before they left. Um, you know, I said, hey, you know, we've we've done a good job getting in shape. I think we're at a good spot right now. Now you get two weeks off. Um, you know, so if you have to have some type of purpose for these next two weeks, I said, I I don't need you to get in the best shape of your life, but I need you to at least maintain what we've built so far. So, you know, everybody kind of made a um, you know, a pact that everybody was going to get a, a mile jogged in six six times a week. 
um, you know, nothing crazy. You're not sprinting a mile. You know, you're just mm-hmm. getting a good, you know, good time mile every day. And then, you know, getting in the gym somewhere, whether it's at their high school, you know, with an old trainer or, you know, someone live in big cities, so they got, you know, fitness gyms they can get into. But, um, you know, everybody said they were going to. <laughs> Whether or not they actually do it, um, you know, I'll definitely find out on December 28th when we when we practice again. The 28th, what's that practice going to look like? Uh, well, I mean, early morning will be basically skills and drills, um, you know, getting the rust off, seeing who's been in the gym, um, you know, and then we'll do like a team practice that night. Mm-hmm. Just kind of getting their legs. It will probably lift that day, you know, just getting their legs back under them and, Probably shock their body a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Make them hate you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, try not to make it too bad, but th- their bodies do need to, you know, get back into, you know, grind mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that, uh, so do you expect all these girls back? Are you expecting anybody, uh, expecting any any dip setters out there? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I didn't get that, that um, you know, from anybody that wouldn't be coming back. You know, we, we actually might bring in... Um, one or two kids that semester. So we, we do have a couple of kids that are on the fringe academically that are going to have to take winter session classes to mm-hmm. be eligible to play next semester. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but likely, you know, they're going to take care of business. You say you're bringing a couple of kids in at semester. Who are those? Possibly. I don't, I haven't signed anybody. Um, mm-hmm. We have been talking to a couple of kids. One kid has actually committed. So, you know, we just got to get the paperwork rolling. Good. Yeah. Uh, you, you know what the conference looks like? Obviously Johnson County playing very well. Uh, early in the year, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm scrolling down these rankings. I know Kansas City, Kansas is good. Yeah. Uh, Allen County is going to shock people. They 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 don't have a great record, but they've played probably the toughest schedule out of all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the is good. You know they've got 15 kids that run up and down the court and mm-hmm. you know, get a lot of shots up and are always dangerous. You know what's that like to have Allen and Neosha County on the D2 side? Now they've been on the D1 side for a while. Uh, but now they they drop they they make the move to D two. I don't want to say drop down the D two. They make the move to D two. The D two right. side in this conference is tougher than the D one side. Uh, but uh, you know what's just the thought process of expanding? You have an expanded conference a little bit. Your conference schedules four games longer now. What is how, what kind of dynamic does that add? Well, the the favorite thing for me is they're forty five to an hour away. You know, hour drive away. So <laughs> the fact that I don't have to drive three hours to play them. You know, that's a huge plus for me. Um, but, you know, it's just going to be fun to, to have two new teams, two new faces and coaches, you know, that I'm going to have to prepare for. Um, two different styles of coaches, um, you know, but, but again, two two teams that are close enough that it can be somewhat of a rivalry. Our fans can travel back and forth, um, you know, hopefully to games. Um, you know, but for the future, I, I think it's just exciting. You know, somebody somebody else to have to prepare for. Um, and it, it does get a little monotonous, you know, mm-hmm. the, way, the way it has been, just playing, you know, four teams. Yeah, you know it's kind of rough. Um, you know now that it, you know when sits. Brown Mackey shuttered a couple of years ago, they hadn't added a team to the conference since. Then. No, I mean we we halfway added Heston. They had already been playing with us, but they actually yeah. joined the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they'd always been in the region, right? Like they were they were on your region schedule. Yeah, and they actually were in our conference schedule as well. But you know, they just technically, you know, paperwork wise, I guess weren't in the conference. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, you know, looking at the, uh, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. I was uh, I was at Kitchen Pass, and one of the bartenders there um, apparently takes classes at Labette and apparently has some of your girls in a class. This is not a bad story. I could just see the wheels oh, turning right. right now, and you're like, "Oh God, what am I? What am I? I was, what am I, what am I, I was about to start hitting buttons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and 
Apparently the so it was the recap I did after your win over Washburn JV uh-huh. close game. Uh, you you weren't happy about the way your team played, and so my <laughs> recap made that perfectly clear that you weren't happy with the way your team played. Right. Which you know I tried to take an analytical objective approach to my reporting, and apparently like some math teacher or something like that, Elabet goes, "I heard you guys didn't play very well." That's what Sean Fry said. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like. That's what the bartender came up and told me. She was like, "Man, that math teacher really made you sound like a sound like a prick." Well, (laughs) I heard a couple people actually asked them, you know, how mean I was to make them actually practice after the game. I was like, "Well, (laughs) you know, I didn't, I didn't try to kill them. Um, You know, we just you weren't trying to kill them. You know, we just we have a standard. You know, Mm -hmm. we have a standard the way we want to play every day. You know, and it'll be the same way with practice. Um, You know, there's been probably three or four practices this year we didn't practice hard enough." Didn't get what we want to accomplish. So, you know, we came back at seven, eight o'clock that night and just redid it. You know? Yeah. So it's just it's just a part of our culture. It's a part of our standard. That's um, that's pretty standard. That's pretty uh that's normal around college basketball, yeah, I would say. Yeah. And it, you know, it's funny, Winnie, you know, our you know, played for me two, three years ago. She actually was at the game. Yeah. She stayed after because she knew we were about to practice, mm-hmm. you know, just to let the girls know, like, hey, he did it to us too, you know. So this isn't this isn't anything new. Um, you know. And, and her group figured it out just like this group has to figure it out um, for us to be successful, to beat Johnson County, to beat KCK, and not only beat them, but to have to beat them three times, you know, mm-hmm. essentially, you know, twice in re- um, conference and once in region. You have to have some type of grit to you, you know, mm-hmm. and, and our kids need to know that when we don't play up to expectations, you know, down the road, it's not going to be, you know, after a playoff loss, it's not going to be we're going to go practice again. No, your season's over, you know, so th- there's a consequence to, to not playing hard. Mm-hmm. One of the, uh, and for people who sometimes think, that, oh my gosh, you made a practice after a game. He's he's out of control out here. Say what you will. The uh, the 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 funniest one of the funnier stories I have is so you. Uh, I always like to tell the story about you know K State won the Big Twelve when I was a junior there. We won the Big Twelve, and a big reason for that was KU beat TC or I'm sorry TCU beat KU. They pulled an upset over KU. Yeah. TCU was terrible that year. They had four wins. I remember the the BP the ESPN power rankings or whatever like they, that ranks every team in Division One college basketball, all 300 plus of them. They said like TCU's upset over KU was a bigger upset than any of the 16 one seed games in the NCAA tournament would have been up to that point. That's not good. That's not good. TCU, I promise you, TCU was awful that year. And so, but TCU ended up upsetting KU. And so we were able to win the Big 12, even though KU beat us twice. And, but after that TCU game, we knew some of the KU managers. And they flew back, and the game was a night game on Big Monday. So it was the late tip-off on Big Monday. So they tipped off at, like, you know, 8 o'clock and got done around 10, which means if you're flying back from from the Dallas area to to Lawrence, it takes about an hour, an hour and a half to get to the airport and get all situated and everything. Then it's about an hour and a half flight up. Uh, You're talking about getting back to Lawrence around 2.30, 3 o'clock, they held a three-hour practice that started at five oh, <laughs> that morning after that loss. Yes, yeah, and that, that would scare me because I think somebody would get hurt. You know, <laughs> that was that was a rough that was a rough day to be a KU basketball. <laughs> well, that'd be rough to even be a manager. Yeah, you 
That's, <laughs> that's who we felt bad for. Yeah. They apparently all just stayed in Allen Fieldhouse and tried to sleep for two hours before oh, they went back brutal. into practice. Yeah, that's brutal. That that's is brutal. brutal. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, and we, and we made them practice after the game, but, but it was a home game. <laughs> yeah, and then, and the next day, I think we stretched for thirty minutes, did yoga, mm-hmm. shot free throws. You know, so <laughs> there, there's always a plan. You know, most coaches have a plan. I'm sure KU got a lot of ice baths the next day. <laughs> yeah. They have the facilities to do that. Right, right. What is your kind of thought? So there's a lot of, a lot of construction going on right now. What's your thought on the facilities finally going up and everything? It's exciting. Um, you know, I feel like the, the people that have come to the game so far, you know, like, you know, what the additions we have, you know, at this moment, obviously there's more to come, um, you know, with the building next door and even, even a few more adjustments in the gym. Uh, but it, it looks good. You know, they, they did a good job and, you know, Kevin and Jonathan and everybody in maintenance has definitely done a great job with, you know, Bob actually, you know, Bob is in there every day. So, you know, those guys have done a great job keeping it, you know, looking mm-hmm. good. Well, uh, hey, let's go to a quick break. Uh, but when we come back, uh, we'll talk a little more. We'll talk a little more basketball with LeBet Community College women's basketball coach Mitch Rolls here on the War Room on KLKC Radio. I'm your host Sean Fry. Don't go anywhere. We're back here on the War Room here on KLKC Radio. I'm your host Sean Fry. Mitch Rolls, LeBet Community College women's basketball coach, is the guest this week, as he has been time and time again. Always appreciative of that. Mitch, you texted me um, about the column I wrote about girls basketball start times. Uh, and I read that column on air last week on this show. I'm curious just what your, what, what was your take on it when you read it? Uh, I mean, at first I was like, I'd never thought about it. You know, I, I still don't think I have a, a correct answer on what the, the right answer would be. Um, but when you, when you brought it up, it was just kind of one of those things. It was like, yeah, why do we do that? You know? And then you kind of go back to, just seems like it's customary, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously men's basketball was played a lot earlier than women's basketball was you know in terms of when the sport actually started or when women are allowed to play you know I wonder how much that plays into it um but you know it just kind of brought up a lot of questions for me you know that that's really what I took out of it I mean there's an argument to be made and no offense to Jared Stanford and his program to be to be honest they're the defending conference champions it'd be pretty close at this point but why do you guys never why does your team never get the prime time Get, get the late tip off i i just never thought of it as prime time i guess that that was where i just never thought about it you know mm-hmm. um as where it's a preferential thing i ne- I never it never really entered my brain like that maybe it's because i played as a male and you know i just took, <laughs> grew accustomed to yeah <laughs> yeah just was you know blind and, to the privilege i guess mm-hmm. you know? and you know some people may say that it is the tip off time any sort of advantage or any sort of slight one way or the other maybe maybe not but I do think there are what we still need to improve our evolution and how women's sports are perceived. I'm sure you had to do that even when you took the job at Labette. I mean, you were a, you were a former men's basketball player who coached the boys at Altoona, yeah. And that was your first job coaching women, yeah. And I'm sure, and I'm sure it took some growth for you. It took some growth for me coming to this job. Over, I my biggest regret now. When I was at K State, is I didn't go to enough women's games. Uh, that's exactly how I feel. I feel like I haven't, I didn't support women's basketball soon enough. Now that I've actually been around it and been able to see it, um, it it's, <laughs> I love it. But I feel like it's almost like a, a completely separate game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's the same game, but it's completely separate. It's completely different than how. It's almost a more pure version of what basketball was meant to be, to a degree. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, I kind of explained it to my girls because, you know, the, my girls have brought up, you know, the WNBA. We've, we've talked about the pay gap and, and you know, things like mm-hmm. that. And 
while I agree, you know, I 100% agree, at some point it needs to even out. Um, mm-hmm. I like to tell them, you guys weren't even allowed to play basketball until I don't, I don't even know what the year was. Yeah. You know, I think it's around my mother's age, mm-hmm. you know, where when they just were starting to get it, you know, being Idle able to play. only 50 years old. And I understand 50 seems like a big number, but yeah. there's a lot of people that we all know that are around their 50s. Right. And that's how long that women have been considered equal in athletics. And to think that just like, in those 50 years that they've, you know, that we have young ladies dunking in high school, you know, drop step dunking, you know, the, the way that their game has evolved. And, you know, I, I, I'd like to see the science behind it, but, you know, the way they've evolved, I feel like it's been a lot quicker than the men's game. I'm sure it has, you yeah. Know, just, just because they, you know, they do have the example of the men's game to watch and mimic and, and mm-hmm. you know, shape their own way. Um, but I, I do. I think it's a great thing, and I think a lot of males, especially males that play the sport, don't really support it. You know, so mm-hmm. once I got into it, it's kind of like you. You you really love it. Oh yeah. I mean, like I said, the only women's games at K State that I attended when I was there were uh, were uh, when Baylor came to town <laughs> because I wanted to see Brittany Griner dunk. Of course. And once she dunked, I was like, all right, I'm out of here. Peace yeah. out. Yeah. Man, it was fun to watch. But yeah. But, man, I should have watched more of those games. Hell, K-State women just beat Oregon in Manhattan over this past weekend. Really? And, uh, you know, Oregon, obviously, where Sabrina Ionescu's from. Uh, they were a team that was making tourney runs. I mean, that that yeah. that had to have been a fun atmosphere. But it also disheartened me to a degree because they were giving away free tickets to that game. Right. Like, well, that- why do you have to give away tickets to go watch K-State, two Power 5 teams that are NCAA tournament bound, go play in Bramage Coliseum. Well, here's an even worse example. I was taking two of my kids on an unofficial to Wichita State. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're going to watch. It was actually the game that Coach Tiff was coaching, you know, Chicago State. Yeah. Wichita State, Chicago Tiffany State. Tiffany Connor, great assistant. You know, for so I, I drove two of my kids down there. They got to skip class and all that stuff. And, you know, the coaches called me beforehand. They're like, hey, it's a 12 o'clock tip. And, you know, it's a, it's a weekday. And I'm like, why do they have y'all playing so early? Aren't your kids missing class? Yeah, but our boys play tonight against such and such, and it's a sellout ESPN event. So they moved us to 12 o'clock, you know. And and mind you, I think there might have been 50 to 100 people, if you count workers. Obviously, a 12 o'clock midday game in the middle of the week, you're not going to get as many people. Um, But it was just kind of sad to think that, you know, they had to move their game to 12 o'clock because the boys had a big game that night at 7. Why not do them, like, why not do, like, a 4.30 tip for the women? Right. Let the fans in early. Let all the students who are who like who like to camp out in the cold right. say, "Hey, you can come into the gym earlier this time. Right. Come watch the women play." All right, do you want free tickets to the men's game? You know, come to the women's game. You can stay for free. You yeah, know, that type that type of deal. I, there there should be some incentive. You know, I know a lot of schools like at Colgate. We didn't even play at the same site as the women. Mm-hmm. We'd be home, they'd be away. Which that's, you know? that's true a lot of times at D1. That was the same at K-State. Our, our schedules didn't mirror each other. Right. And I'm sure at Wichita State, that was just happenstance, essentially. Yeah, yeah just bad. Probably poor planning that they would. <laughs> they probably wouldn't schedule like that again, I, I assume. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mo- most people do the, the home and away with the men's and the women. I think that, you know, that contributes to my, you know, not appreciating. They appreci- were never there when you were. Right, yeah. me not appreciating women's basketball as, as soon as I should have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm... I am I am hell bent on seeing a school in my area switch a high school in particular switch the tip off times. Uh, I am daring every single administrator that ever listens to this show ever. Who's gonna do? Who's it gonna be? Who's gonna do it first? Uh, you'll have you'll have some local convenience store coffee 
shop talk going on if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> it always upset me that when um when Tristan Gag was playing at uh was playing at Labette County and your your girl, uh Skylar Brown. Yeah. The girl from Fort Scott. Yeah. Uh beat her on her senior night. It didn't bother me that Skylar beat Tristan Gigg on Tristan Gigg's senior night. Yeah. But uh but uh it what bothered me was that more fans showed up to the boys game that night than to come watch Tristan Gigg, who scored more points than anybody in SEK League history. Right. You played in the SEK League for two years. You what was she like two thousand she was the only person to get over two thousand. Yeah, I thought so. It was a guy from Coffeeville, I forget his name, but it's the guy from Coffeeville who who is the, who's second. Griff Walker? He's currently the head coach, maybe. No, it's not him. Someone fairly recent. It might be Corey Marshall. Uh, anyway, he he had, he was into the eighteen hundreds, and you know when when I, I remember when I reported on it, I was like, Tristan Gigg is the all time leading scorer in league history, and everybody was like, well, this person or this person or this person could have done it if they'd have stayed healthy. Oh, and man. I was like. Tristan stayed healthy. That's part of being a, an athlete right. is the ability to stay healthy. A lot, you know. I don't want to. I don't want the lottery if they had just pick the other number. Right. <laughs> like, well, and and what people fail to realize is the score two thousand. That means you were not only scoring as a freshman, but you can you you were scoring a lot it. as a yeah, freshman. Yeah, you maintained it for four years. Like, yeah. There's there's not a lot of people that do that. Period. You know that type of consistency is <laughs> my one of my favorite uh, anecdotes that Tristan likes to remind me of and I'll remind myself of it to her is uh going into her junior year that was when Erica Gartner uh left the pro graduated Erica yeah. Gartner now an assistant coach at Bemidji State in Minnesota yeah doing her best. thing up there she's a stud. she was a stud point guard one yeah. of my favorite players to watch was just so energetic so yeah she if she was allowed to punch people on the court she'd have done it <laughs> and uh anyway Erica Gartner graduated, and I thought that that put a lot more stress onto and were and, and weight onto Tristan Gegg's shoulders. Right. And so I hammered her about that in the preseason interview. I said, "You're going to be asked now to guard the other team's best player, and and bring it up, a, hmm? and bring it up, and bring the ball." She just up lost her main her main ball offense. handler as a shooter. That's and still score. Right. Can you handle all that, or you know, or do we see a junior setback or something like that? And I was. Pretty hard on her in my questioning, which maybe I shouldn't go after junior high school girls so hard, but <laughs> she had earned that to a degree. Yeah. Uh, and apparently she was she was like, why was Sean so mean to me? Blah, 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 blah. She wouldn't drop 30 points in the first half of the first game of the year. In the first half, yeah. <laughs> the first half, exactly. she scored 30. Exactly. You want to <laughs> front of that guy, I was like. That's what and, great ones do. And somebody, and I don't say who it is, but somebody on the coaching staff texted me. From the halftime locker room that said Good. Tristan scored thirty. By the way, and I was like, "Good, oh okay." I mean, yeah. there's nothing wrong with you being locker room fuel, you know. Oh yeah, that, that's good for me. As long as Tristan gets her, you know, her points, you might need to say something now. Let her have a thirty point game at Pitt State, you know. Starting. I'm actually going to watch her play uh, when I get back from Hawaii. I'm excited to see. Well, she's playing well. She's mm-hmm. playing really well. Uh, who was the girl from Lubbock County that you had your very first year here? Taylor Albertson. Taylor Albertson, yeah. bench player at Lebec County, you turned into a top fifteen three point shooter. Well, she was she was on a she was a bench behind a bunch of really good players. So yeah, when she got here and you know got the opportunity, it was kind of you know took the chains off of her. You know, and she she had a lot of freedom here. We didn't we also didn't have a lot of players either. 
you know. Mm-hmm. So she she had to. She was she was know. a warm body. Well, it wasn't it wasn't just that she had to step up and play. She had to step up and do something because if she didn't, you know, she'd just be out there running around, you know. And she definitely didn't just go out there and run around. She scored. She made plays, um, you know. And she showed a lot of people that she could really play college basketball. Well, that that to me of all the players that you have sent to high level and you know moved on you've probably sent more players to the four-year level at, to NCAA schools than and I don't even think it's close in the last four or five years than any other coach in the building uh and, and there's some good programs in that building there's nationally ranked programs in that building yeah. other than yours uh of all the players that you have had come through Taylor Albertson might be one of my favorites just because of you brought in somebody who was who genuinely wasn't college basketball talent and made them a college basketball player on your floor. I wouldn't say she didn't have college basketball talent though. I can't go that far. She mm-hmm. she just at the time she didn't have the confidence in herself. You know she yeah. really didn't. I, she she had a knack for playing. Like she she was just a basketball player. And, and there's I, I feel like now that I've coached for seven years, there's good athletes, but some of them don't know how to play basketball. There's kids that just know how to play basketball, but aren't good athletes. But they, you know, whatever their athletic ability is, is what it is. But they know how to play basketball, and she was one of those kids that, when the ball would hit off the rim, you know, she just had a nose for it. You know, mm-hmm. she'd chase it down. Um, you know, if if the defense, you know, tried to take the ball from her, she would make a quick move out of reaction. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be a forced try to make a move that coach taught me in practice. No, I'm naturally just gonna make plays. And and she was she was one of those. I consider them hoopers. You know, yeah. she she just knows how to play. If you put her out. You know, right now, five on five at the rec center, she's gonna make a few plays because she knows how to play basketball. Do we know? Do I even? I don't even know what she's doing right now. Do you? What is uh, you know, being a mom right now, being a mom. You know, she did go to Ozark after this, or after she played for me. Um, I can't remember if she played two, two years, but I'm, I'm pretty sure she graduated from there. But you know, being a mom now and has a husband and you know doing well, lives lives her, lives a good life. Yeah, yeah, no, and I saw her mom the other day when I took my son in. She was actually the receptionist at the doctor that I took my son to. So, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty dope. Yeah, no, I, they're a good family. They're great kids. Yeah. Well, hey, Mitch, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you uh, coming in on a Monday of Christmas of Christmas week uh, to let me get a recording session in, so I can go to Hawaii carefree. <laughs> uh, God bless you and your family. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, tell, tell the listeners how, how your son MJ's doing. Oh, he's doing great. He's uh, You'll see him on the sidelines, I'm sure. So if you ever tune into a live stream or come to a game, he'll be the, the little crazy boy running around. <laughs> that that, that, you, that you have, has to be held the whole game. Otherwise, he will go onto the court. <laughs> yeah, and then if you stay for the men's game, you'll see Jared's son running around. So, <laughs> you know, Ivy's, Ivy's pretty well trained, but <laughs> the two little boys aren't yet. <laughs> Well, that'll do it for the War Room. Thank you very much, Coach Rolls, for coming on. I'm your host, Sean Fry. Everybody stay safe. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. God bless.